We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! Two and two. Going to go the fastball away. Not the location he wanted, but it worked out as Fielder swung and missed. Seven Ks for Dempster. Efficient, much more like the Ryan Dempster that we've seen all season long. Swing and a miss, strike three. Getting them off of the fastball. Up in the air, Pukadome in right. Cubs win. Back-to-back shutouts to start this series as Ryan Dempster gets his 100th career win, number 50 as a Cub. (laughs) Uh, Sean Sears having a little fun bringing Ryan Dempster in with a song he knows by heart. Ryan, go ahead and just start singing along to, uh, to O Canada, anywhere that's comfortable, sir. From far and wide, oh Canada, we stand on God for you. The best, the best. Somewhere in there. Yeah, no, so that, that's a good spot. Uh, Ryan Dempster <laughs> joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. So, like, mornings in school, you know, as uh, at the opening of school, did you all stand up, put hand on heart, and sing Oh Canada? Is that how it went? No, we didn't, but, I mean, it was a religious thing every Saturday night when Hockey Night in Canada was on. Oh, there it is. Even even when you weren't wearing skates, you're in your living room rocking side to side like you're on the ice. That's just It was just a part of growing up there. Here's something that you probably know, and if you don't, you'd love it as much as I do, that Neil Young, the great singer and songwriter, a member of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, his father was a commentator on Hockey Night in Canada decades and decades ago. Did you know that? I did not know that. Thanks for informing me on this Sunday morning. Oh, uh, you know, I'll find the video, dude. It's crazy. There's a moment in black and white where Neil Young's dad is talking hockey on Hockey Night in Canada, and he looks like Neil Young with with you know short hair. But you know, uh, I just love that man. I, I I grew up that man. You know, Ron McLean, Don Cherry, of course. How he. And then, you know, when a Canucks game was on out west, they would have Howie Meeker on the call doing the telestrator. I mean, it was just, it was something special. You know, I've been doing something, Ryan, um, with, I've been wanting to do it with every guest this year. I did it the first few weeks and then I kept forgetting. I'm going to do it right now. Your baseball bona fides, okay? 
Um, okay. Who is one of your most favorite players in the game in the past and why? Uh, one of my most favorite players in the game, and pro- you know what I'm going to say, is I'm going to go with Kelly Gruber. Wow. And, and like, he's not, you know, like Nolan Ryan was my idol. That's who I wanted to be. But yeah. I love the way that Kelly Gruber played. He played for the Blue Jays when they were winning World Series. Yep. And he played hard nose, the slide into third where he cut his chin up. <laughs> like, he just, like, he was, he was that guy that, like, didn't jump off the table for all the tools in the toolbox, but somehow he was just a winner. And that, to me, you know, plus he had great show hair. So it was just, like, everything about him. I loved him. Damn handsome. Long blonde uh, mullet, yep. absolutely third baseman, right? Third baseman, yeah, Gruber. Third baseman, yeah, y- yeah. yeah and- he was a stud, man. A big, big part of their World Series run. Absolutely, a couple All Star games. Now that I look it up here, and I remember him in the great playoff series against the Red Sox uh, when Tom Bernanski hit a big homer. I think in that series. Wow. Um, all right. Yeah, look- he only played ten years, and he played all you know nine of the ten, and those were kind of from the time I was like seven to you know. 16 type thing that, that's when that was kelly gruber that was my era and that 1990 year I mean, I mean he was he was massive 30 with 118 i'm looking at a 231 and 118 yeah that's that that's awesome all right i did not expect to be thinking of kelly gruber that's phenomenal that's why we do this um <laughs> what is the best game you ever had a chance to see in person best i mean obviously you've played in a million but to see yeah. uh to see i mean and if you whatever comes to mind if you want to do it from the dugout you can if you want to do it from the stands again yeah, you know what? Honestly, one of the best ones I ever saw in person was 1997 going to a playoff game, first round, Florida Marlins. Um, and it was, you know, that's, I mean, that was that stadium held a lot of people, right? Yeah. So it was like, it was, it was just packed in there. Um, it was, it was loud. The Marlins were so good. I mean, they ended up going on and winning the World Series that year. Um, but it was just, you know, them, them playing the giants. I think it, I want to say it was game three, uh, game. I can't even remember what game. It was. No, it wasn't. It was them versus the Braves. It was the second round NL, NLCS. Okay. And it, I, I apologize for that. It was NLCS because it was the Braves. I remember that now we had a little bit of uh, a 1997 little instructional league and then went down there with Scott DeWitt, my roommate, and we watched it. It was incredible. Just wow. incredible how loud it was in there, how good to, to watch all of those players on that team, you know, like mm-hmm. you're talking hall of famers and you're talking guys who are right on the edge of the hall of fame and, you know, pitchers like Kevin Brown and Al Leiter. It was just, and then Jim Leland managing. So like collectively and what ended up happening with that team, it was probably one of the coolest experiences ever. Demp, I, I, I mentioned you the other day, I was in a conversation at the triple a ballpark in Indianapolis with the broadcaster and somehow um, AJ Burnett uh, came up, and it was like, so who was who, when you broke camp? It was Brad Ar- Brad Arnsberg was the pitching coach. Remind me again, all the ridiculous power arms that broke camp together with you. Well, it was kind of an interesting transition. So I, I came up in 1998, and um, I came up in 1998, and Rich Doobie was the pitching coach. Okay. And, and then when I came back up, he was still my pitching coach for a couple of years. And then I had, um, uh, Brad Arnsberg ended up being a pitching coach, but that collection, that staff that we had in there yeah. was, was unbelievable. You had Brad Penny. So early on, it was myself, Brad Penny. 
Then you had um, A.J. Burnett, Josh Beckett. Um, you know, you had guys like uh, we had a left-hander named Jesus Sanchez that played for a little while. We had, you know, um, Br- uh, Brian Meadows. But as far as, like, the guys who made it up and, and then stuck, you know, guys like uh, in our bullpen, Antonio Alfonseca and Braden yeah. Looper. And it was just one after another. But, like, you talked about A.J. Burnett. People don't realize this about A.J. Burnett. I mean, some people do. I get it. <laughs> but he came up to face the Los Angeles Dodgers in L.A. while he sucked in double-A. And the only reason he came up was that it was his turn in the rotation. And John Bowles, who's our pitching coach, talked with the minor league coordinator and was like, this this needs to this, – this, just bring this kid up and see what happens. And he dominated the Dodgers. <laughs> and then he went back to double-A, and he sucked again. He was bad in double-A. <laughs> And they were like, wait a second, hold on. Is there something about the bright lights that is making this kid better? And it was the truth, you know. And sometimes that's just how it is for certain people, whether they get bored in front of 1,200 and then they get electrified. You know, another guy that he ended up pitching for the Cubs, and I I think it's because he played football on Saturday mornings on NBC, Jeff Samarja. Good in the minor leagues, not great. Good, really good when he got to the big leagues. And, And that's how A.J. was, and he was electric. I mean, it was it was upper nineties fastball. It was dominant curveball. It was every day he might throw no hitter or strike out fifteen. Oh, I love that. I love that. And then the last one: What is one thing you would change if you're commissioner? You got it. Um, I mean, or just call Theo and tell him what to do. But you know, what's give me one thing you would change? One thing. One thing that I would change. Wow, yeah. uh, that's tough. You know. Um, I know you're like I, I, I would. You're, you're like one, you're like speak. Sure, I'll come on on a Sunday morning. Then here I am throwing big big swings at you. That, that well, that's a that's a bit that's a big one. You know what I would do if I was commissioner? I, I would I would put a cap on the price of beer, and I would say that all hot dogs are a dollar. <laughs> you're elected. I mean, if we're gonna charge if we're gonna charge families five hundred a family of four five hundred to come to the game. You're not paying six bucks for a hot dog and twelve bucks for a beer. Oh, I you like know, it. Like that's just. That's yeah. not that's not up my alley. That's Con- just me, though. Congratulations, you have just been elected <laughs> commissioner, uh, with, without a doubt. Um, Demp, uh, how how'd that feel being uh, being at the Field of Dreams? I, I I talked about it last hour, but from your perspective, how how was that to uh, to feel that event in the stands as you got a chance to? Yeah, it was magical, Speeds. It really was. It was truly, you know, from the entry coming through the cornfield around the outfield wall into the left field corner, you know, behind the stadium like that. Um, it was really special for me. I, w- I actually, you know, just had a baby, so I wasn't planning on being there and um, ended up kind of coming up last minute with my son, surprised my brother. It was his 40th birthday yesterday, so we surprised him. He had no idea we were going to be there. Wow. And to sit in the stands, you know, it was up from the on-deck circle, and, and I, we were talking about it. It was very quiet. It was almost like people couldn't believe what was going on for the first couple innings. You know, normally it's so loud out there. It's so... You know, and the intensity, it was it was nostalgic. It was like everybody was waiting for Ty Cobb to come out of the cornfield or something. <laughs> it was just so special. And, you know, for something so unique like that and the experience, you know, everybody was happy. Like we, I said to somebody, somebody or somebody who said to me, it was like a Disneyland. It was like everybody was smiling. Everybody was happy. Hugs, great mood, Cubs win. 
just this incredible euphoric rush of almost like just a dreamland for a short period of time. Yeah, it, it, it did feel like a dreamland. Yeah, and, and as as they're playing the sound bites, as you're walking back and forth, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. It's like, oh, yeah, that fits. That fits the moment, not just because we're here with the movie or whatever. It just it, it, it has it, it had that vibe. Something about that sky, man. So, like Hap said, it was a high sky as he explained his route on an awkward fly ball that he still caught because he's because he's good like that but it was, do people say long sky is that a baseball thing because i felt like the sky was long like i could see forever and and you and you wonder if that affects you at all as, as a as a ball player or an outfielder yeah well and i think just you know let's face it, it's not traditional lights like you see in a major league stadium so there's that um, the ballpark's smaller, right? So there's not as many fans. All the, all the variables that come into all the work these guys put in and things that they're used to were, weren't there. And then on top of it, you're right. It was a long, <laughs> high sky. It was it was crazy. It was like it was like you could see Illinois from Iowa. It was like <laughs> yes. so stretching and vast, and it was just like, all right, man. <laughs> But, like, I'm sure for an outfielder, that was not a lot of fun when that ball went up in the air. Yeah, I'm going to single-handedly try to get long sky into the baseball parlance. Um, <laughs> if, you want, if you want to help, you know, feel free, man. I'll, I'll take, yeah. I'll take all, all the help I can get. A couple more minutes with Ryan Dempster here on Hit and Run on a Sunday morning. All right, so what am I, what am I seeing when I feel like I'm seeing Justin Steele maturing before our eyes into, like, a – uh, just uh, uh, like a, a solid, smart adult pitcher. What what are you seeing as you watch him? Because it's really impressive to me. Yeah, I think you know just exactly that. You're seeing you're seeing exactly you know this like you know kind of just maturation process. Like I said about AJ Burnett, we don't know how everybody's path goes. We want to map it all out because we have all the analytics in the world and all the data that we can tell these kids exactly how it's going to be for them. Mm-hmm. But we don't know. And for Justin Steele, we're seeing something happen. You know, we get pegged numbers, right? Oh, that's a number three starter. That's a number one starter. That's a number five starter. Cool. Jacob deGrom was a, a 40th something round pick for the yeah. Mets, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, we don't know. And but but what we do know is we can see with our eyes when somebody starts to turn corners, somebody starts to trust their stuff, somebody starts to be a stud. And by being a stud, that's somebody that takes the ball every time in their rotation, somebody that makes adjustments, somebody that when they fail, they don't back down, they continue to push forward. You know, I looked at he had a couple rough starts in a row, and all of a sudden it was like, no, no, I'm going to throw my ball over the plate. I'm going to start letting it, letting these guys prove that they can hit me. You know, that was always one of my biggest regrets early on in my career is just not trusting my stuff inside the strike zone enough and believing it. And he's finding out. And I think it's just so special to watch. And he's and he's just sitting there saying, I don't need to be any better than this because what I'm doing is really, really good. On some days it's great. Some days it's good enough. Some days it's not enough. But I'll be back out there to do it again. And, you know, this is the kind of guy I don't like to put numbers on guys because you don't know because the, the, the learning curve for everybody's different. But this is a guy who can be in the top end of the rotation for any team, not just a team looking for starting pitching for any team, the way he's going out there and attacking hitters, his ability to cut the ball in and then expand down and in. And he's just going to get better because he's going to continue to learn and evolve. And it's, it's awesome to see young guys like this come up and, and, and progress at the big league level instead of regress. And he's doing exactly that. That's so cool. Um, you know, you, you mentioned DeGrom, what sliders at 94, you know, uh, just just ridiculous. What, what's what, uh, but you're right. At the beginning of that Mets run, it was it was Harvey and it was Syndergaard 
and it was Steven Matz, and Degrom was like the fourth guy you thought of, and then and and then and then here he is. It's just it, it, it's outrageous, isn't it? Yeah, and I know I said 40th round, but he's a ninth round. I know I was just <clears throat> I was sure. basically saying you don't you don't know when, right? And, yep. And that's exactly right. And you know, health, staying healthy, and then all of a sudden, boom, it clicks for him. And then next thing you know, he finds something in his delivery. He starts to find that, um, you know, what he's doing, find out exactly what works for you. You know, we want to always say, do this. It's like when you so show somebody a grip on a pitch and he throws it, doesn't, doesn't do what you think it might do. Well, maybe that's just the wrong grip, you know? And for yeah. him, maybe it was a way he was pitching. Um, you know, he came up, he was good. He won the rookie of the year, but like he wasn't the horse yet. And then all of a sudden, you know, 2017 happens and it's like, this guy's just, you know, he's unstoppable. And then, you see what he does since coming back from, I mean, with him and Max Scherzer at the front of the rotation, if they continue to play this way, how are they not favorites going into the playoffs? Because this guy, there's, there's pitchers that are number one starters. And then there's a very few, there's five guys every year that you can call them one a, and he's one a, but he's one a plus he's the elite of the elite. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult not to pick them. They're 34 games over 500. Um, but then, oh, by the way, Atlanta's 23 games over 500. they They're right there. They're playing well. The Dodgers just won 12 in a row. They're 46 games over 500. Sweet Jesus, man. This, it, the National League playoffs could be outrageous, Ryan. Yeah, and then, and as you know, we talked we talk about this many times. Then you got to who's, – who's starting pitching? So if, if the Mets starting pitching is healthy and all these guys are healthy going to the playoffs – they're my favorite because as good as even as the, you know, uh, the Dodgers are, I don't think that they have the starting pitching that these guys do. And so what happens is, is now you're seeing only the back end, the elite of the elite bullpen, because these starters are going to go deep into ball games, And, and these guys are nasty. And the, though, you know, the national league is going to be fun because some of these teams, and that's why teams even like the Brewers or the Cardinals, because of starting pitching, you know, they're, they got a chance, but between the lineup and what they can throw out there, you know, Every game in a playoff run, you know, the Mets, the Mets are as good as there is. All right, Ryan Dempster, go back to uh, parenting your enormous brood of small humans. Um... <laughs> There's a lot of them. No. Are, are there more than yesterday? You got to keep. There's, only, there's, there's not. Okay. But I only have four limbs, so and there's five of them, so that's becomes really hard to contain, you know? Yeah. Well, as long as you stay at five. We should be okay, you know. But you know, um, what I, you know what I constantly feel like, Maddie. I constantly feel like I'm inbounding the ball against a George Thompson full court Hoya press. Like that's how it feels. That's oh my! What it is. Yeah. Oh my god! I gotta be. I gotta be hydrated. I gotta be. Yeah. I gotta sleep well. Otherwise, it's gonna get. It's gonna get. I'm gonna get run over. Oh, it's just great. I, it's great. David Wingate is is aggressive. He's all over you, Reggie Williams. <laughs> and then there's Pat Ewing underneath underneath the rim. That's not fair. It's just too many. My three year old slapping the floor on me. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, well, just just don't don't pick up that dribble. All right. That's, I won't. That's, that's, I won't. That's, Quick that's, passes. There you go. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you. All right, guys. All right, buddy. See you, man. See, see you, man. That's Ryan Dempster, father of five. <laughs> I'm playing against the George Thompson. The George, uh, uh, yes, uh, John Thompson, full court press. Ah. <sighs> I love those Georgetown teams, but that is a basketball situation. If we were doing pick and roll on a Sunday morning, then fine. But we're doing hit and run. All right. Phone lines are back open. Um, If you want to talk about Field of Dreams, any of the stuff that I talked about in the last 
segment there in hour number one, just kind of sharing my personal emotions of it and, and that whole thing. Feel free. Uh, you want to talk about the Cubs. You want to talk about the White Sox. We have some open time for you right now, which um, we didn't necessarily expect to have. 312-644-6767. Eno Saris coming up at the top of the hour, but let's talk Cubs. Let's talk White Sox. A few different things that are out there. I need to agree with Tony LaRussa about something and go after Tony LaRussa about something. We'll do that next as we continue to take your calls and hit and run on the score. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. One and two. Cold strike three. Tucked it in. Inside corner. Punch out. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Number 11. Before I went out, they told me that that was going to be my last inning. And uh, I, was, I was trying to <laughs> bargain for another one before I got to the dugout. And I thought I might have convinced Tony, but they, they were not on the side of me going back out. So, uh Unfortunately, I only went six, but, yeah, I was trying to get a seventh. That's Michael Kopech trying to get out there for the seventh um, and leaving after six hitless innings. It's hit and run. Matt Spiegler with you on 670 The Score. I have no issue whatsoever with Tony La Russa pulling Michael Kopech after six innings. He has gone um, further into the season as a starting pitcher than he ever has before. You want him to go even further. Um, he is absolutely brilliant right now. Fastball back up to 97 at this point in the year with that crazy left-to-right movement, the slider biting, the the changeup mixed in. Goodness. Remember that the best ticket, the best ticket to postseason survival for a White Sox team that does not play a clean, good brand of baseball is starting pitching dominance. Is Dylan Cease with six or seven great innings. Michael Kopech with six or seven great innings. Then hand it over to a bullpen. Squeeze out a couple of home runs. Win a game. 2005. How you doing? Good to see you, 2005. The formula is still the formula. That, that's the best way to cover it up. So that, that could mean Kopech. It obviously could mean Cueto, and Cueto's been great, but we know Cueto pitches to contact, and you know the postseason could be a scary place for Johnny Cueto, even though he's been so great. He'll get a start. He should, if they get in, yada, yada. But anyway, my point is, no issue at all with, um, with La Russa doing that with Kopech. And then La Russa, after the game, talked about Michael Kopech and talked about his performance. 
You know, every time he had been happy, he wanted, he wanted to go back out there because he really had good command of his fastball. But, you know, you reach back for extra when you're tired, when you get into that limit, that's bad things happen. So, very difficult. Felt the right thing to do. And, you know, and, uh, it was my decision, but Ethan also felt the same way. That helps. You know, here's the thing. Tony wanted to get Kopech a win. Tony really values the win because some starting pitchers value the win. And he talked about that as well. Well, I appreciate you asking it that way. Did we think about it? So, yeah, we thought about it. But that's as far as he should have gone. For this, for this game, for the rest of the year, for his career. But he was, in fact, people think I'm old school. I'm really new school. I would change the definition of a win. If we win the game, he's got to get the win. I don't break a little bit of his heart, but, you know, a game like that, where we score after he leaves. But, yeah, I, I know I was aware where it was. I knew it wouldn't be popular, but I don't want to have regret. So, Tony there mentioning something that I first heard about from Len Casper years and years ago, maybe a decade ago. He would talk about it. He talked about it on the broadcast sometimes, and I've talked about it with him in person about, like, change the definition of a win. Like, if you're really, the win should go to the pitcher who most helped the team win. We've all seen a million examples of when the reliever blows the save and gets the win, or when the a loogie, you know, or the, the lefty reliever comes in, gets the final out, then the team rallies, and that's that, and he gets the win. No, no, no. So when Tony says, I would change the definition of a win, if we win the game, he's got to get the win, I agree with him. The official score at the end of the game should pick the player, pick the pitcher most deserving of the individual win and assign it to him. Assign it to him. That should have been Kopech's win the other night. I'd be totally cool with that. So it, 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 it's a big change, but look, it took Casper hammering away at me for a lot of years to make me go, okay. So now even when I hear Tony say it, I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, he's right. He's right. So anyway, I agreed with Tony about that. Uh, before we get to your calls, uh, one thing I really didn't agree with him about is Johnny Cueto calling out the fire. It's time for us to play with fire if we have any. That's Johnny Cueto post-game after he pitched great and the team lost. and. Good for Cueto, in my opinion. He is a no-doubter as a gamer, as a team guy in an individual sport that is uh, blended into the team concept like baseball is, a team sport, I should say, but with the individual accomplishment blended in, Johnny Cueto is a badass, a no-doubter, and someone to emulate in every way this season. So Cueto wants to call out the fire, good for him. Tony shot it down. This is Tony LaRussa on Johnny Cueto. Yeah, I heard it. He said that, and uh, I'm surprised he said that. His opinion welcome. It also carries weight. This guy's experienced. Um, so I'll ask him about it. Usually that's better said in, in the clubhouse for your teammates. I, I think it's, it's a curious statement. Uh, Better to, better to be discussed with in the family. If there's a problem, we straighten it out. So, better to be discussed with the family. Curious statement. Nah. If one of your players at this point, Tony, wants to call out the team for not having some fire, wants to challenge them, you should run with it. You should acknowledge it and run with it. Because we've all seen it all year long. And I know you want to keep things in-house and maybe you want to keep things positive, but that's not working. I don't know if you've noticed, Tony, but that is not working with this batch. Something has to light a fire under these people. 
And if it's a guy who, in Johnny Cueto is having a great year who came off the couch and has been this good and he wants to speak the truth, let him. Jose Abreu wants to speak the truth, let him. You want it privately? Uh, I, I get it, but get but but let it. Don't don't fight it. Don't disagree with your own player when they call it out. Curious statement. Come on, man. He told the truth. You're allowed to as well. Sometimes you really are. But hey, they're ten and eight in this stretch of nineteen games against teams below five hundred. We'll see what today brings. That's that's uh. 10 and 9. Maybe they'll be 11 and 8 after the 19. It's entirely possible. Let's take a couple of phone calls. You folks have dialed it in, and we appreciate it. It's Matt Spiegler with you on Hit and Run. Jordan's on the Gold Coast and is now on the score. Good morning, Jordan. Hey, first off, Matty, I was going to say, you better pet in the long sky before it goes away of the drive-thru caddy and someone grabs your idea. <laughs> the the drive-thru caddy, that's funny. What you're talking about is my brilliant idea of the passenger seat buffet. Um, but is, is there something called a drive-through caddy out there? Cause no, I, I didn't remember the name that you called it, but yeah, I, I knew it was something with a drive-through and yeah. food and passenger seat. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You're making me yeah. want to make my list. Uh, there's, there's the passenger seat buffet, uh, the dumpling truck, dumplings of the world in a food truck, uh, where they have pot stickers and pierogies. And gyoza and ravioli, um, that one's out there for people. And Long Sky. You're right, Jordan. I, I'll patent quickly. Got it. Yeah. And Eric Slippy Floyd was talking about Georgetown, but that's just me. Yeah. But um, <laughs> anyway, so I was going to say about the White Sox, it's like they're nothing more than a 500 team. You got, they're putting like four or five straight outs in their lineup every day. So in, in order to win like that, you need quality defense. You need your pitching to come through every time. You need everything else to be perfect, and they're just not capable of playing that type of baseball. So I don't see how they're more than a 500 team when they're putting guys like Grandal, Moncada, Lori Garcia in the lineup, Josh Harrison in the lineup every day. I don't, I don't see how you, how you win like that. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's rough. There's, um, there's some bad, bad players in there, but every once in a while they can have a day. Lori had a day uh, yesterday. Thank you, Jordan, for the call. And it, they, they need to bash, man. I, 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 when I think of this year and I think of the way they're constructed, I'm, I'm going to think of that moment. It was in the games against Texas here when Tim Anderson got thrown out trying to tag up from second while another run was scoring, tagging up from third. You remember that play? And T.A. got thrown out at third base. And it's like, man, what are you doing? You're already in scoring position. You're trying to pile on and put this game away. And you're getting thrown out, tagging on a fly ball to left as you try to go second to third. Who told him to do that? What coach did? How does T.A. not know better? It's like, oh, God, that's so White Sox. You see that? And then the next batter is Abreu, who hit a two-run homer. And all of a sudden, nobody remembers that T.A. made that mistake. Nobody remembers that Joe McEwing, Daryl Boston, and Tim Anderson don't seem to communicate very well amongst each other as coaches and players because the home run covers it all up, the great deodorant. So that, that's how they'll win if they win. This Is this Elgin Clue? Clue. Yes, it is. Long time. Where, how are you? Uh, Clue, nice, nice to hear you. Hey, somebody told me, is it... it uh, oh, I think I just uh, somebody just texted me, Clue. 
that um, Ted Klazuski's widow just passed away. There was an obit in the newspaper today for Ted oh, Ted Klazuski's widow. Yep, that's my guy. Yeah, I know. Um, hey, listen, um, I want to compliment Benchy on the uh, expose you guys did on Marquis for the Zach Brown band. Oh, cool. Great job. And Excellent. I really want that shirt that you had underneath the blazer with the music and the uh, and the baseball. I don't know if you remember what you wore that day, but uh, I do, you know, I do. I, here's a fun fun fact: I made that shirt. I, no way! I, yeah, yeah, because I, I I knew what I wanted to tr- try and represent with the t shirt uh-huh. with the t shirt. So I just made a baseball with the musical notes uh, all over See, it. That would be for me because I buy and sell stuff online with music and with sports. So that's right. That'd be my thing. But anyway, so uh, my reason for the call is I wanted to ask if you thought the Cubs could um, do something long-term with their bullpen from within. Uh, I don't know if Kate Horton would be the guy for the draft pick from last year, mm-hmm. or even going back to the concept of using uh, Keegan Thompson, because it seems like there's some arms that are, aren't too far away in, in high A, double A, you know, a couple lefties, for example, the guy they got uh, for Eflos from uh, the Yankees, Wesniak. Wesneski, yeah. Right. I'm not sure if there's, uh, you know, so again, spending on what the bullpen is or isn't like they've done in the past by some guys traded at the deadline for more prospects or invest the money in somebody really big. I mean, I don't know if it's the middle infield that they need to be concerned with, but man, I'd love to see Aaron Judge and Wrigley Field and just trump the Yankees with that kind of stuff and say, hey, he wants to play and we'll give him the 50 million for five years or whatever he wants and do that. Because I don't, you know, with what they have in the middle infield, I just don't know that it makes sense to go after Korea or anybody else. I mean, maybe Trey Turner would be a guy because he's multifaceted with speed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's just my choice. And spend a, just spend money because the Ricketts family has it. And if you let me just go one more sentence further, I don't think they should be chastised for the amount of money that they put into the neighborhood in the ballpark because one of the best assets is the fans that come for the experience to the cathedral at Wrigley. And that's money for them going forward. You know, you can call the fans stupid for showing up when they're losers, but really there's a lot of hope and a lot of promise within the organization. So that's my feeling. So don't, I, I don't like the idea that they're getting blamed for stuff. They'll spend the money. They're going to invest it in the minor leagues or invest it in some key free agents is, is my opinion. Thanks, Clue. Hey, hey, Clue, thank you so much. Nice, nice to talk to you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. You know, we, we've talked about the, the, the Ricketts and eventual spending on the baseball side a lot, and it, I, I, I do believe they will. I understand it's the decades of muscle memory for a, uh, a Tribune company that did not and a Sam Zell that did not and just took the money, and it's what you're seeing happening this year as they've chosen to step backwards. But I do believe that Jed is trying to do this the right way in what might be his one chance to really do it as the big boss. So he's, uh, he's trying to do it uh, the way that he thinks is best, and that does involve a step back. And that was a shock to the system for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of other stuff in there. Boy, Aaron Judge would be fun. Um, I'd love to get Trey Turner and figure out the positions later. And by figure out the positions later, I mean move Nico Horner to second. And boy, wouldn't he be great at second. And then Nico would still probably play 25, 30 games at short. Filling in, starting. You could DH Trey Turner. You could give him a day off, obviously. Hell, Nico could play third, as you know. Um but, yeah, Trey Turner was, is my choice of the shortstops. If he were indeed going to be available, um, I'll, I'll be surprised if the Dodgers let him, let him run away. But if he does, uh, I would go there. And then in terms of the bullpen, man, they're always looking for pitching. Always, always, always. 
And now they've loaded up on arms. And I really do believe that they're going to treat the bullpen as who can we create and turn into a viable bullpen piece with this look here, with that look there, this kind of style. Um, and, you know, having having a, a, a guy who's now proven himself as a starter like Thompson is, is great. Um, but if they need to change him to a bullpen piece when it's time to win and they have more arms, then you can make that decision then. You can make that decision then. For, for right now, you've got a lot of time and space to do it. And Hoyer's even said, too, he loves breaking out starters in that bullpen. So we're probably going to see some of those guys kind of be in those flex roles. They want those two, three-inning guys. So he, he loves having the starter break out, like to start doing their thing. Right, the yeah, bullpen. break them in in the bullpen and then bring them up as a starter. Mm-hmm. 670, the score is where you are. Uh, got Rich in Old Town we will try to get to, and Mark um, as well. So hang on, callers, we'll get to you. And we do, we need to talk about immaturity on display. We'll do that next on 670, the score as well. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel, Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. And DeGrom gets him looking at a fastball for the first out. Boom at first and two out. He's running. Real Muta takes a cold third strike, hitting over. Batters. And he goes to the slider to strike out Castellanos. A lot. 3-2 coming. And he struck him out with a back foot slider. 2-2. Struck him out. 100 mile an hour fastball foul tipped and helped. He strikes out Maton, and that's five consecutive strikeouts for Jake. It's his first time. And he goes down swinging on a slider. Foul tip, strike three. One, two. Struck him out. Or two to Hoskins. Struck him out. Ten strikeouts for Jacob DeGrom. The 55th time in his career he struck out ten or more. Six innings for Jacob DeGrom last night at City Field. Threw 76 pitches. Same amount he threw six days ago as they are taking their time and ramping him up. He is ridiculous. He got off the injured list, and he now has 28 strikeouts and one walk in 16 and two-thirds innings. The ERA is 1.62. His whip, walks plus hits per innings pitch, is 0.42. 0.42. At one point last night, he struck out five in a row, as you heard Gary Cohen talk about right there. Fastball reached 102. The slider averaged 93. He got 16 men out in a row. All he really threw was fastball slider. That's all he really needed. Uh, Edwin Diaz, the closer who struggled a little bit last night, said about DeGrom, quote, he's on another planet. He's the GOAT. That's Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz is ridiculous, and he says that DeGrom's on another planet. Freaking Mets, man. I wanted him to suck. I really did. Wanted to root against him as the big market behemoth, as the Steinbrennerian uh, Yankees wanted uh, Steve, what's his name, to be the, uh, the Steinbrenner that I had in my youth, an evil empire to root against. What do you think about Edwin Diaz's walk-up music? The best. So good. Timmy Trumpet. Rosie was trying to figure out the name of this song yesterday. And yeah. It was my favorite. Yeah. Oh, was he? <laughs> yeah, he goes Tommy Trumpet, Blaster Jacks. Really? Yeah. It's great. It's great. And here's what's really cool. From a television perspective, I saw a tweet thread from the producer, or maybe it was the director 
of those broadcasts on SNY. That video that went viral was the first time they didn't go to break because they had seen this moment. First time they didn't go to break before Diaz comes in. They've been watching this moment live, and they've almost always been in commercial break. And he said, you know what? Let's not go to break. Let's not go to break. Give me the camera behind him. They were ready for it, ready to capture the moment. And the director was talking about, he gave a quote of like, just trying to make baseball more cinematic one shot at a time. Um, All right, Fernando Tatis has now been suspended for the rest of the season. And multiple times now, he has screwed up, whether it is uh, the accident, the motorcycle accident that kept him out first half of the year, and now this that will keep him out for the second half of the year for a team that is going for it right now, and he's one of the best young players in baseball, and he won't be there. Here is let's – just, let's just hear Clevenger. So this is the pitcher, um, uh, uh, Steve Clevenger, Mark Clevenger, Mike, Mike Clevenger. Clevenger. Yeah. I know some other Clevengers. Dale Clevenger was the legendary French horn player for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Anybody out there who knows Dale Clevenger and Mike Clevenger, the pitcher for the Padres, you're officially my people. Here's Mike Clevenger on Tatis. Very disappointed. It's uh, you know, the second time we've been disappointed with him, and it's just, you know, you hope he grows up and, you know, learns from this and learns that it's not just, you know, it's about more than just him right now. No, look at this clubhouse. We really don't need anybody else. It would be nice to have somebody else, but we don't need anybody else. we got everyone we need right here. Wow. That's Clevenger. Yeah, disappointed, and understandably so. Um, let's squeeze in a couple calls before we go to Eno Saris from The Athletic at the top of the hour. This is Mark, uh, who's dialed it up on the score this morning. Mark, good morning. You're on Hit and Run. How are you? Good morning. Uh, so good to talk to you guys. You asked about the field of dreams, and I wanted to tell you what the – what tournament we had up here with all the, all the ex-players. Um, we're o- owners of Eagle Ridge Resort and Spa in Galena, Illinois. Sure. And Frank, Frank Thomas had his charity golf tournament with us Wednesday. And we had uh, Dan Hampton, Ken Griffey, Ferguson Jenkins, Carlos Zambrano, Ben Zobrist, Tim Raines, and I golfed with Jock Jones. And I got to tell you, um, of the 18 holes, we did not use his shot twice. This guy is good. <laughs> he is good. Uh, we had George Foster, Kyle Farnsworth, Dave Concepcion. And I, I got to tell you, every one of these guys were gentlemen. They were absolutely gentlemen. I thought Carlos Zambrano would be heated. What a guy. Kind, <laughs> he thanked us for asking him. And I go, no, no, no. I'm thanking you for coming. So we had a, a great tournament, great turnout, and uh, Eagle Ridge was so proud to be a part of Field of Dreams. It was my bucket list is complete. That's awesome. That's awesome, Mark. Thank you for the call. Um, yeah, I know Eagle Ridge. We're not there uh, uh, for a couple different score events um, through the years. Great place. And uh, that, that's awesome. That that's where that was, and everybody was involved. I saw Big Z. I saw Big Z at the hotel. I was like, hey, that's Carlos Zambrano. It, it, the whole Field of Dreams event had that feeling of, like, everybody's here. And, of course, everybody wasn't there, but there was just a lot of, a lot of uh, people of consequence there. Rich is in Old Town and has been patient. Thanks for holding, Rich. How are you? Morning, guys. What's hey, I got, a couple quick, I got a couple quick humorous things for you, and then I have a question for you. Okay. Promo, promo ideas. I gave this to Sean, who I've known for a while. 
I was one of the night crawlers with less, you know, I'm a, I've got weird hours that I work. But uh, I told him this. I said, you know, you guys are a great pair. You should talk to Mitch and rename the show. He goes, right. He says, what? I said, this is way before your time, but you'll know this. I said, you should call it the catalog show. Spiegel and Sears. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you got you got to do the biggest catalog marketers in the world, oh, right? For forever. So, I, you know, it was a little bit dated for him, but I thought it was kind of funny. Thank you. I want to talk about your field of dreams. Your field of dreams idea is a great one. I know they're passing in twenty three for construction, but but here's an idea that I think would perpetuate the event. First of all, I would have here's the humor part. I would have every game the White Sox would walk out of the corn. If they're going to pick dead guys, let's take the current White Sox team. You can have LaRusso and the White Sox walk out of the corn. That would kick every game off, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then to make it a tradition, because it doesn't have to necessarily be a Chicago team thing every year, I thought what would be really interesting to me, because I've lived all over the country, and I've seen every ballpark you can ever see, but I like a lot of different teams. But make it a tradition where you rotate the teams every year and you bring back the Hall of Fame all-star guys. If you're talking about Field of Dreams, you could have those guys walk out. All, you know, If Cleveland plays Detroit over there, who's going to go, right? you got to bring out all the Cleveland former Hall of Famers and Tigers. They do. And, they, and they, 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 they did that with Cincinnati. George, uh, you know, Johnny Bench was there and – Barry Larkin was there, and of course there were like seven or eight former Cubs. So yeah, that's part of it every year. Um, what else? What else? Did you say you had a question at the end, or didn't want to cut you off, Rich? Uh, no, I wanted you to comment on about rotating and give everybody a shot in MLB to play in that game and make it an annual tradition for Iowa. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see. Um, it's certainly not going to happen next year. I, here's what I do know: I do know that MLB is working on. Putting a game somewhere else in America, bringing the game to America, whether it is at a national park, whether it is in a state in the deep south that doesn't have a big league team, they're uh, they're going to be very creative and look to have a pop-up game in some other spots the way that this one has been incredibly successful. Eno Saris writes about baseball beautifully for The Athletic, and he joins us next. Chris Kampka, also next hour. Keep it here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.